Thanks, Pete. It's good advice. Read it every day for a month. I like that advice. Well done. It's very good. Now, this is uh, Halftime Sunday, and we're going to spend just this one week reflecting on church together and our, and our uh, mission and vision together. And we're going to uh, spend uh, time doing that in, uh, in two separate ways this morning. So I'm going to spend some time in Romans 12, and then I'm going to come back after a song and talk to you about where we're up to as a, as a church family together as well. Now, hopefully you've got those little tokeny things with you. Have you got them with you? Good, because get your hopes up, it'll be, it'll be like amazing. Yeah, exactly. I've built this thing up so much now. Hmm. Anyway. All right. Um, hold on to them anyway. It's a while until we talk about them, so we'll, uh, we'll talk about them later. Um, <clears throat> Uh, sometimes uh, things happen that change your outlook or change your actions for the future. There's some simple, uh, simple ways that uh, takes shape, isn't it? If you think it to yourself, I'm living in the flood-prone areas of Lismore over recent times. Your house has been flooded for the multiple time. You don't know how many more times it will happen. And so the events of the past will inform your actions in the future. Will you stay living where you've been living? Or will you move somewhere else? Or perhaps a more tangible example for us, but more mundane. Something has happened in the past. Heathcote Road has been shut. And so what are you going to do? You're going to leave three and a half hours early tomorrow morning for work. That's how the things of the past can change your outlook for the future. And Romans 12 is one of those passages that looks to the past and changes our outlook for the future. It tells us the story in the back half of the book of Romans of what Christian living should look like. But it's all done in the light of what Jesus has done for us. At Halftime Sunday this year, we want to talk about how God wants us, as the church here in Helensburg and Stanwell Park, to live. And we're going to see that we are to worship God, to use what he gave us and to love to the limit. If you take nothing else, they're the three things I want to look at this morning. Worshipping God, use what he gave us, and love to the limit. So I hope you've got Romans 12 open in front of you. We're going to have a look at it together this morning and those tokens in your hand. We're going to pray and then uh, look at this passage together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, be with us as we look at your word. We always need your help uh, to understand it, uh, to get out of our head all of the distractions that we have in life so that we can uh, hear what you have to say to us. We ask, please, that you would give us your grace to do this this morning. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is always dangerous, isn't it, to come in halfway through uh, something, halfway through a a TV show, or you uh, start reading a book halfway through. It makes no sense. You come up with the wrong ideas and the wrong uh, things in your mind. It would be wrong for us to jump into Romans 12 right in the middle and not realise what has gone before. You may or may not know, Romans 1 to 11 is the longest sustained gospel explanation in the New Testament. It's a fantastic description of what it is that Jesus has done for us. How we've fallen short of his glory, but we can have peace with God through the justifying work of Jesus on the cross. It's it's brilliant, it's breathtaking. In fact, at the end of Romans 11, after having explained all of this, Paul himself is left breathless by what he sees. Look at chapter 11, verse 33. Chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God. 
How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counsellor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for? From him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. So here's Paul, overflowing with the greatness of God, left breathless by the gospel of Christ. And then he jumps into what our lives should look like as a result. This gospel has happened in the, in the past. These events have taken place. The good news has been enacted and preached in the world. And so, as a result, our lives should change, Paul says, in these three ways in Romans 12. First of all, worship God. Worship God. Now, for many, we have a bit of an inbuilt uh, mindset when it comes to this word of worshipping God, don't we? And we either have in our mind the idea of uh, the, uh, the old-fashioned gods of the, of the ancient world and bowing down to them, literally treating them with uh, homage before, uh, before the statue or whatever it might be. Or perhaps in modern times we think to ourselves, worship is what we're doing now. It's church, or, or more to the point, it's music. We had a great time of worship today. But Romans 12 doesn't allow us to have either of those two definitions of worship. Look at verse 1 of chapter 12. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Here's what Paul says. Spiritual worship is offering your body as a living sacrifice to God. Is it something we do not just in an hour a week or in an hour and a half a week or however long the preacher wants to speak for? It's, uh, it's all of our week, 24-7. We offer our bodies, we present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. I remember when I was younger, I had a, a job at a catering uh, place uh, for uh, uh, nursing homes and retirement villages. And we'd make hundreds of meals a day for nursing homes and retirement villages. But I was a nobody in that job and I turned up uh, and every day I would present myself for work. That's how it would work. I walked downstairs, turn up and Tom, the boss, would say, good morning, Steve. And I'd say, Tom, what can I do for you? And he'd send me on a job and it'd be different every day. And I would do different jobs every day, but it would be my job to present myself to Tom in the morning for his service. And so we are to present ourselves to God This is our spiritual act of worship. Every day we are to present ourselves before God and say, here I am in your service. Now, how do we do that? Because in the end, we don't physically come before God in the same way that I came before Tom and asked him what to do. And more to the point, God is not there in our bedrooms or kitchens or lounge rooms with a booming voice telling us, go and do this today. That's not how it works, is it? Well, that's why verse 2 is so important. Look at verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So you won't hear that booming voice, but if you want to know what the will of God is for you, what's good, acceptable and perfect, what he wants you to do, then the answer is this. Don't be conformed to the ways of the world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
The Christian faith has always been a religion of the mind. Sometimes you might find, especially in our circles, that this is sometimes sort of poo-pooed. We're too brainy in the Anglican church. But that's how we change. It's the renewal of your mind. It's not the renewal of your emotions. It's not the renewal of your feelings. It's the renewal of your mind. This has always been God's way. And so it is today. God wants to change our lives by the renewal of our minds. Now it's striking, isn't it? I don't know that there's any theological basis to what I'm about to say, but let's try it on and see. In the marriage course that we did last weekend, one of the speakers in the marriage course is the sexologist Patricia Wirakun. Yes, that's a job, a sexologist. But there we are, Patricia Wirakun. She's fantastic. Read all of her books. There you go. That's a thing you should do. But she spoke about porn and its place in... Well, it's not place, but the place that it sometimes has in marriages, and it should not. And she talked about how porn transfer, trans, uh, transitions your brain's neural pathways. Now, you and I, I reckon, for the most part, don't know what she's talking about, but let's say that she's true for a second, right? Who knows about the brain? But it changes the brain's neural pathways so that it's an unhealthy sex life that that couple then has. However, she did say that the brain has such incredible neuroplasticity that those neural pathways can be transformed. So that if someone is addicted to porn in their marriage, they can have their minds shaped and changed away from those unhealthy patterns and into healthy patterns good for their marriage. Now, I've got no theology to back this up, but this verse does tell us that change comes by the renewal of our mind, doesn't it? Imagine that God would have created a brain that has such neuroplasticity that we can so change our minds from one way of thinking to another way of thinking. It's no surprise that when we read the Bible, the word repentance is a makeup of two Greek words that literally mean change of mind. Change of mind. Now, I don't know if any of that can be sustained theologically, but it seems to make sense to me. And it seems to make sense of this passage. We, don't, we are not conformed by the way of this world, but transformed by the renewal of your mind. Our mind will be renewed when we come before God and his word. Because we understand that each and every day we are a part of a world that is teaching us. The world is not a neutral place. It's trying to change us. It's trying to influence us. And it is. And so what we need is, is to be renewed. We need our neural pathways, if you like, to be stretched in God's direction once again as we read his word and read what life is really like and have our lives changed and renewed by him. So quite apart from anything else that we might talk about today, we worship God by having our minds renewed by him. There is nothing more important to us in our lives that we grow as followers of Christ by the renewal of our mind. This is our spiritual worship. And so today, tomorrow, every day this week, present your body as a living sacrifice to God as your spiritual act of worship. And what does he want you to do? Well, you'll know by the renewal of your mind as you read God's word and discern what the will of God is. Well, these are like summary verses of what 
the rest of the book of Romans is about. And the rest of the, uh, book, uh, the, rest of the book tells us all sorts of things, but the rest of chapter 12 tells us two things that God wants us to do as, uh, as our spiritual worship. Now you might be surprised that it's not necessarily in the very first place about our personal spiritual disciplines. I don't know what you would say to somebody, but if you explained the gospel to them and then they became a follower of Jesus on the spot there in front of them, what's the first piece of advice you would give them? Well, for the Apostle Paul, it's all about the body of Christ, the church body. Nothing about personal walk with God, nothing about my personal quiet time with God or my spiritual life, but the body of Christ. This is our second point this morning where God wants us to use what he gave us. Look at verse 4 of, uh, of chapter 12. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. <coughs> Paul says, the first thing we need to know, after we've heard the gospel of Christ, is that we are one body. And more than that, we belong to each other. That's confronting, isn't it? Just look at the person next to you today that's not your spouse. You belong to them and they belong to you. That's quite confronting, isn't it? But it's true and consistent with the teaching of the Scriptures. Our life is not our own. Our life is not our own. It belongs to Christ and by, as a result, it belongs also to the body of Christ, to the people of God. So here's what this means. My life, I mean this genuinely, my life is about you. And your life needs to be about one another. This is what this passage is telling us. We belong to one another. We don't attend together. We belong to one another. There's a big difference between the two. So so what should we do about this? If we're one body and we belong to each other, what should we do? Well, two things in this passage first of all verse 3 for by the grace given to me i say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that god has assigned here's the first thing don't think of yourself more highly than you should why well because it's about the measure of faith that god has assigned at the end of verse 3 now most people think this verse is about Uh, Well, there must be different measures of faith. Well, no, Paul's point is exactly the opposite. If you're a follower of Christ, we've all received the same amount of faith, so there's no way we can elevate ourselves and think more highly than we do of others. We all have the same measure of faith. So we must think of ourselves soberly, not thinking of ourselves as better or greater than others. And so, as a result giving ourselves in service of others. Verse 4 again, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, they have different functions. Verse 6, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion of our faith in service, in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Here we have not a final list of things that are, 
worthwhile in the church of God. It's interesting. Some people think that the list of gifts throughout the New Testament are final gifts and they're the only ones you can have. On that basis, there's no gift of singing, no gift of music. You should get rid of it. Of course, they're all representative lists. They're not final lists. Many jobs and ministries amongst the church of God require a mixture of skills and abilities to make things happen and if we were in a different body at a different church in a different part of the world our skills and gifts might change in relation to the people we're with or if we're in a different time in life our skills and abilities may change or as I've said before it's highly possible that in any given week I might uh, mysteriously uh, lose my voice box in some sort of accident I can't preach anymore I can use other gifts to serve the body of Christ. We together belong to one another. And our job is to serve the other members that are a part of the body. The question is, and this is partly what we're doing gift assessment week as well, is how do we find those gifts? How do we find those abilities? Well, there's a few things that you could look at. First of all, it's possible to look at things that you enjoy to do. That would be a good place to start. Or it could be that you see a particular need that needs to be done and so you fill that gap. Or it could be just a work of sheer service. I don't know too many people whose spiritual gift is washing up or cleaning the toilets, right? Or it could be that what you do is something you actually don't like, you don't really want to do, but you're incredibly effective at it anyway by God's grace. That may be the thing that you're gifted in. Either way, I want to encourage us all as members of one body in Christ to use what God has given us. God has given us one another and he has given us those gifts of one another to help and to serve one another. And so later today, at the very end of our service, I'm going to ask you uh, to put that into practice. We're going to take a a bit of a survey that's going to be on the screen a bit later and you're going to have the opportunity to, uh, to do it on your phone, on your device or even on a paper version right now. And have a think about that. And if you're not sure about, I don't, I'm not sure where my gifts and skills lie or what I would like to be involved with in the life of the church and community around us, that's okay too. Uh, we'd love you to make an appointment this week to get together and talk about that with us as well. Uh, we want to help you to live out this part of God's word alongside us also. Well, finally, love to the limit, verses 9 to, 9 to 21. Verses 9 to 21 is like a bullet point list from the Apostle Paul. Uh, if, I was, uh, if I was writing this section of the Bible out, I would write it out as bullet points. That's what it would look like as you read it through in verses 9 to 21, with the heading being in verse 9. Let love be genuine. Genuine love. Love without hypocrisy. Now, love's one of those funny words, isn't it? It, it sort of means everything and nothing all at the same time. It becomes a slogan in the world and then we really don't know what it means anymore. And Well, love is an action, as we know. But love is pointless without a landing spot. You know that movie Sully, that based on the, the true story of the aeroplane that's travelling through is it New York City and it has to land in the Hudson River? Uh, and that's its landing spot. It landed safely, but that was its landing spot. The love that God has given to us in Christ, we we then use in service of others. That love is to have a landing point. And the landing point of our love is other people. 
other people. But that is the problem, isn't it? The problem is other people. I don't know about your life, but the hardest part of life is the human relationships we're in, aren't they? And that's made even more difficult in a church. Because frankly, in a church, you're with a whole bunch of people that you would never choose to be with otherwise. I mean, other than your spouse, maybe. That'd be it. It's hard. And so we're told by God to love each other, but we're finding that those human relationships are difficult, but the landing point of love is in other people's lives. And and so what are we to do? Well, Paul encourages us. Love to the limit. Love the different, the annoying, the frustrating, the the people with other interests. Now, as one writer I, I read this week said, he said, most Christians give up this struggle. We replace love for others with attending a service, enjoying music, learning from a sermon, meeting a minister, and leaving with no emotional or relational attachment to others. In his words, that has ceased to be a church. Love must be genuine. And so this bullet point list is a a range of things that we might involve ourselves with in loving others and finding a landing point for that love. Just look at the list of things that that are there in at least verses 9 to 13. What does he say? He says, what is evil? Hate that. What is good? Grab it. Verse 10, love like brothers. Think about that. I don't have a brother. Love like brothers. That means you have a Donnybrook every now and then. But you love them deeply, don't you? Next one. Outdo one another in showing honour. Imagine a competition. Uh, in showing honour with, I'm going to do better than you at showing honour today. That would be a good thing. Uh, don't be slothful. in Fire up, he's saying. Be fervent in spirit. Give all you've got. Serve the Lord. Uh, rejoice in hope. Uh, be patient in tribulation. Keep going. Be constant in prayer. Don't stop. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality and the list goes on. This same writer that I mentioned earlier, David Seckham, he says this, look at it on the screen, I quoted this on this time. Paul's remarkable choice of language shows us that he was a man who saw the Christian life as a thing of great energy and challenge. The truth of our human nature though is more like this, instead of what it says, love, manly skin deep, evil, I'll tolerate that. Goodness, well, secretly, so as not to be embarrassed. Brotherly love, provided they don't make demands. Honour, for me. Zeal, well, that's dangerous. Uh, The Spirit, that's for charismatics, not for us. The Lord, that's well within reason. Uh, Hope, I prefer the present. Affliction, deliver me now. Prayer, sometimes, the needs of others, that's the government's job. And hospitality for the rich. You can see how we turn it around. We turn it around. But we are to love to... The limit And love, of course, also includes those difficult relationships. Look at verse 14. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. It's hard, isn't it? Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. First part's good. Second part, not so good. Live in harmony with one another. Hard to do. We've got to make up when we have a fight. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Have a chat with everyone. Do not be conceited. Repay no one evil for evil. But give thought to what is honourable in the sight of all. If so, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all hard work. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it's written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. 
To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is hard work, isn't it? Hard work. That's why it's easier to do the non-relational stuff. Because the relational stuff's hard work. Now, you got your little five there. This is, like I said, get your hopes up. This is really exciting stuff. Um, you got your five there. I want you to imagine for a minute. It's all right. You don't have to actually do anything with them. And the fact that you brought them is very kind. But you only have to hold them in your hand and then put them back in your bag again. But that's okay. That's okay. I want you to imagine that you have these five tokens of love. And you've got 20 tokens of love to give every single day, given by God to you. I want you to imagine that every single day this week, God has delivered you 20 tokens to spend on loving other people in the ways that Romans 12, 9 to 21 speak about. What would you do with those 20 tokens a day? But then, why have we only got five right now? Well, this is why God has brought us together. These five tokens that we've got here are not for you to literally do this, although you can if you want to, that's totally fine. But they are to spend on the people around us. Inflation sometimes involved. Yeah, you can up at six if you want. Uh, there's, uh, There's five tokens in your hand to metaphorically spend in love on the people around you today. Now, here's what often happens. In the gathering of God's people, we, we walk in with five metaphorical tokens of love and we walk out with five metaphorical tokens of love. Or we spend them on our spouse or our children or our family or our very close friends. But this passage is encouraging us as a body to take these five tokens, tokens of love, and to use them in ways that verses 9 to 21 speak about and, of course, various other ways to spend them in love for others. Now, some of us have way more capacity for that. Some of us have the capacity of, uh, of 20 tokens. Some of us maybe don't have the, the capacity of even five, but we've got two or three that we can use. But this passage encourages us to love to the limit. Love to the limit and spend those tokens on one another and on each other. And I want to encourage you to do that. Of course, you can ham it up if you want and actually give someone a token and and, and give them an expression of the love that's on this list. You could do that. I'm not asking you to do that. But I want you to spend those metaphorical tokens on each other. What does that look like? Well, let me finish this morning by giving you a few examples of what that might look like in my own life and generally speaking. First of all, you've heard me say this before, but I I want to push you on it. As a family, we've decided never to sit with each other in church, Kel and I, ever. Now, sometimes we might do that, but that's our decision at the beginning. Why? Well, if God's given me 20 tokens every single day, I can spend mountains of tokens on her, and I don't need to spend tokens on her in church. I can use my tokens on other people. Now, am I saying you should never sit next to your spouse? No, but it's the mindset that comes when... We think about spending those tokens on others. I've got galore tokens at home for her, but I've only got five for you. And so I want you to think about that. 
Why are you sitting in the place that you are? Why are you sitting with the people that you're sitting with? Why are you coming with the people that you come with? Because God has given you five tokens, say, to spend in love for others, not necessarily for the people you live with. Of course, this is true of our kids as well. As in the Carlisle household, we said from early doors, going to church is like being a part of a soccer team. If you're not there, someone else misses out. Someone else misses out. You know, the soccer teams, mainly when they're young, it doesn't mean a whole lot because they just go as a pack like this anyway. Um, but, uh, but later on in life, if one person's not there in the soccer team, then there's only six on five, or whatever it might be, and the goals rain down from the sky, right? It's like 52 to nil. So we've said, all right, what we're going to do is we're going to make sure you know, it's, if you're not there, someone else misses out. So we don't even sit with our kids at church most of the time. We encourage them to spend time looking after drifters. Now, they're not that great at it. They're teenagers. They're self-centred, of course. But that's our goal, is to get them to spend on others as well. Thirdly, I want to encourage you in this season with regards to sickness. The Carlisle family wouldn't have come to church in term two if it wasn't for sickness. There was just too much sickness in our household. I was out a bunch of weekends, as you know, uh, and the rest of the family was out as well. What's, uh, what's come to take place is, of course, that if we attend with our family, then what happens is if we don't come when the rest are sick, then the tokens remain in my hand and they remain unspent on the people God wants us to spend them on. So I want to encourage you, in an era that's sick, if one of your family members is sick and you're allowed to come out, according to the rules of the government and all the rest of it, come out. Come out and spend those tokens on others. Because even if, uh, if you're not spiritually sick, uh, sorry, if you're not sick, you might help others uh, to get over their spiritual sickness too by being here together with them. There are three examples from our own life that we use and you might like to pick them up and use them as well or talk about them because they're so foreign, I think, to the way we gather together generally. Uh, but a couple of other things to share with you. First of all, I want to encourage you to take those tokens and spend them on others even when you feel hurt. One of the biggest things that stops us spending these tokens on other people is the way people have responded to our token giving in the past. Believe me, being a part of a Christian family and fellowship hurts all the time. But we must keep spending our tokens. That's what God wants us to do. Fifthly, in a world that is busy, and an article that I read this week is that actually the world is not busy anymore. We've we've transcended being busy now. Um, After the last couple of years, what we've gone from is not being busy. We're now just not coping. That's what everyone's doing. We're not coping. That's probably true. If that's true, then the world needs the love of the Christian church spending its tokens on each other by the love we have for each other. The world will know that God loves the world as well. So in a not coping world, the world needs us to spend our tokens on each other. Sixthly, um, you have in your hand... Um, five relatively unique tokens from each other. I don't think anybody's got exactly the same shape and size of token. Every act of love that you will do will look different. Every act of love that you will do will look different as you pass it on to others. Every gift that God has given you to pass on to others has your imprint on it, has your heart involved with it. And so when we withhold our gifts from others, others miss out on what God is ready to give to them. This is why we're really happy for uh, sickness to be the case in online church, but we really need you to be together. We can't pass the tokens on over a, over a computer screen. And finally, 
When you spend this one token on somebody else, God gives the grace to have them receive another token that they might pass it on to somebody else as well. I want to encourage you with this. It's just a small analogy. You might walk away saying, all of that for that, Carlo, come on, step up. But I hope you remember it. I hope you remember it. Because it's easy, easier at least, to conform to the pattern of this world. Not to have our minds renewed. It's easier not to belong, but just to attend. But I want to encourage you to take those tokens metaphorically in your hand and use them to love one another, to use the gifts that you have, the the special place that these tokens have and pass them on to somebody else. Love to the limit and use what God has given you to serve others. This is our spiritual act of worship. And so tomorrow morning you might not need to worry about Heathcote Road. And you might not need to change your plans because of it. But we do need to change our plans because God's mercy is before us all the time in the gospel of Christ. And in view of God's mercy, we should present our bodies as a living sacrifice. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing, and I've got a couple of other shorter things to tell you about. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your gift to us in the love of Christ. We thank you that through his love that we are able to love one another. We pray that you'd help us to think about this in new and fresh ways. Help us to understand this uh, this truth of, uh, of love finding a landing place in uh, each other's lives. And we pray that you would help us uh, to live that out amidst all the challenges uh, that we find uh, because we're just, we're people and uh, we recognise the dif- difficulty of that. We ask please that you'd help us uh, to be generous, uh, to be kind, to be thoughtful in the way that we pass those things on one to another, uh, that we would... Uh, Uh, all seek to show that love that you have given to us to each other for your glory and for your your greatness. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing. Thanks, everyone. Please take a seat. As I mentioned, these are probably pretty useless, these buttons, but maybe you you use them as a reminder to yourself every week as you gather as a church family. You put them in the car or you put them in your Bible or something like that as a reminder of of what we are to do together as, uh, as God's people. Well, I want to just fill you in on a couple of things that have been going on in our church and talk to you about the second six months of the year because um, uh, we have, at the beginning of every year, an opportunity for us to launch into the year and we had a launch day out at the Tops, which we were really encouraged by and uh, we hope you were as well, but we know not everybody's able to make it to those things and so we want to give you an update of where church is up to and that's, uh, that's I guess, the half-time element of all of this. First thing to tell you, this book here is called Revolutionary Worship. I want to uh, encourage you to read it. It's a really easy to read book. It's by William Taylor. I've got about 10 copies of them. I'm happy if you take it for free, but if you want to pay $5 is literally all we paid for it. It's worth way more than that though, so please uh, let me know if you want one or grab one on the way out. Um, It really goes into a little more depth of some of the things that we've been talking about this morning. What's been happening in the first six months of this year? Well, we are very, very thankful to God in the way that we've been able to conduct our ministry and conduct our plans throughout the year. We're thankful to God because the building plans are coming along really well. As you know, uh, we've been raising money for those building plans. The, uh, the plans are almost ready to go in as DA uh, to the council uh, very soon. And I want to encourage you to continue to give to that cause. I mentioned at the start of the year, um, with, with no glory to me, I'm, I've got skin in the game too. Kel and I gave $3,000 at the start of the year to that. And, uh, and we'd love you to join us in giving as well. 
um, to consider giving the same amount, more if you can, to the work of the building plants. Thank you so much for your generosity. 80 odd thousand dollars already, 60,000 to go. Uh, let me encourage you to continue to do that and build into this place for the ministry into the future. Um, on that basis, we were really thankful that uh, in God's kindness, we were able to, for the first time in three years, run our major mission event of the year, the, uh, the Kids' Own Holiday Club. And we're really thankful for that. It's a brilliant team effort. Um, like all of these things, COVID has a massive impact on all that we're doing. And uh, nothing was more obvious than the team effort that happened on that occasion. Uh, so I was knocked out, Matt was knocked out, and then a whole bunch of other people knocked out. But we, we brought, it, brought it all together. It was a fantastic uh, a fantastic thing that's, uh, that's taken place. So we're really thankful to God for that as well. We're thankful for the regularity of our ministries. I often talk about uh, ministry as being like, as you heard at the launch dinner, the Flintstones car. And they, you need to get the legs moving underneath to get the momentum going. And what we need is more people pedaling along in the Flintstones car. And the more we've got in the car, the more momentum we've got together. And as COVID came, we kind of stopped all of that. And we, we did in some ways turn it into a, a product, the church service, and, and we want to get out of that and start everyone pedalling back again. And so uh, we're thankful that we've been able to get those momentums uh, going by having our uh, regular activities back again. Uh, one of the sad things that's happened in the last six months, as you'll know, is the, the closure of our Stanwell Park service. Uh, and we've made some changes to this service to accommodate for those who will attend from the Stanwell Park service as well. Uh, and thankfully, we've been able to, for the most part, make sure that uh, all of those people who attended that service are able to find their way under the sound of the Word of God uh, one way or another after that time. So that's been a sad change, but, uh, but a change nonetheless and uh, uh, something to bring to your attention. Now, we also set a few goals at the beginning of the year, and I just wanted to take you through where we're up to with some of them. Some of them we're doing really well at, some of them we're not doing so well at, and you might like to think about this as you contribute and uh, put your uh, uh, hand to the wheel with regards to this survey in just a few moments' time. So you see on the screen, the overall vision is something we want to work on, and uh, this is a big area for me in particular, uh, and we need to do a lot of work on this in the second half of the year, and maybe you, your skills can, can be helped in this. Uh, we want to continue to talk about our vision together, so we've got a purpose together, and we want to do that uh, through increased communication. Uh, we're doing that on various social media uh, uh, places. We want to continue to do that. Uh, we want to build a new video, uh, and we are con uh, continuing to connect our building work to our vision. That's about the one thing that we have done in this area. Um, and we want to continue to have a, a monthly-based video or podcast as well. Uh, that's in the that's a possibility down the track to uh, to talk to the people of our church and then a new bulletin to communicate this vision as well. And so we are really working hard in the second six months of the year to bring all of these things. Uh, uh, to, uh, to our church family and uh, we've got a long way to go. If you'd like to help in any of those areas, let us know because uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, the next thing is growing in love for Jesus, making disciples. Now, we've made lots of uh, progress in this area for which we're greatly thankful. Uh, implementing a personal growth plan through the yearly Bible reading plan, which I know many people are benefiting from. And I hope you're enjoying that. There is a Bible reading plan Facebook group as well. If you'd like to be a part of that for the community and being able to talk about those passages, uh, then uh, uh, let me know and we can join you up to, to that. Uh, we want to give you the opportunity to come off and come on to the Bible plans each month. And we'll find that next week as we gather on the 31st of July that you'll hear me mention 
Uh, tomorrow, 1st of August, we're going to start the book of Acts. And that's what we're reading in, uh, in the month of August. So that's a, a great thing for us to do. Uh, prayer month is something we want to do in the second half of the year. And then also the press on mental health courses. I mentioned before uh, an article that I think is true uh, suggested that busy has uh, been replaced by not coping. Uh, we want to put on this course, the Press On Mental Health course. It's starting in the middle of August. We want to offer it to our church family. It is very biblical, uh, but also it's accessible to the community as well. We want to offer it to the community too. Uh, there'll be two times we're running it through the week, one on uh, Monday night uh, starting the 15th of August and one on Wednesday morning starting the 17th of August. I know those times don't fit for everyone, but, uh, but we're starting that up and we're hoping that that might be a connection point uh, for us and for our community as well. Uh, meeting uh, that need that is there at the moment. Uh, next thing uh, to tell you about is serving his people, the church, under making disciples as well. We want to increase the service in our church family. Uh, and uh, one of the reasons for doing that is for all of the reasons of COVID, everything kind of went back into its hole and, uh, and we had to go just to a core of people doing things. That was just the way COVID made things work. And so we want to reopen that. We've, we've learned some bad habits, as, uh, as the, the sermon is encouraging you to do today. And, and we want to get out of that by, uh, by doing all sorts of things like the gift assessment week that is this week. Uh, we want to uh, set up a group for the awareness of, of congregational needs. There's already a prayer group, uh, an anonymous prayer group that prays uh, 10 people. Uh, so if you need any prayer requests, uh, please let me know and we can put that there. Uh, we want to work on people who are drifting. Uh, from church or from youth group and that's again one of the other problems related to the COVID issue is the drifting. We've been doing that but um, we need uh, some help in that. Every time I do it people think it's like the principal doing it. Uh, Why don't you come to church? You know it's not like that at all I hope you know that but um, but it's much better when the classmates do it as opposed to the principal and I don't think of myself that way but you understand what I mean right? So if we can do that together that's heaps better. Um, there's one guy uh, who'll be here tonight, Andy Mears. He's a, he's a gun at doing that, actually. He's fantastic at doing that. Um, and he gets m- way better responses than I do, which is what you'd expect. So we need to do that together. Um, increasing the number of leaders in kids' church. We've, we've been doing that, uh, uh, the, especially in the younger leaders, uh, which has been fantastic, but we need um, some older, wiser heads as well. LIT is our leadership training course for young people, and that will be coming up in January, and we want to increase the number of people we've got going to that. And we want to have more people, as we mentioned, participating on a, Sundays, a Sunday as well. One of the things we do want to uh, work on, and I think this is a, a part of COVID as well, is increase opportunities for relationship building and friendships. One of the things I think I've noticed, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, in our church family together is that we do pretty well at sort of those surface conversations, but it's not really the place where deep friendships are necessarily made. And I'd love that to change. You know those workplaces that you've worked in where you think to yourself, I can't wait to get to work because X person is there and I love working with X person. You, you, we all know those workplaces, right? You've got, I would love our church to be like that because here's what happens. Sometimes our spiritual life isn't going so well. And so when our spiritual life isn't going so well, the, 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 uh, if, if the church is not overly exciting and there's not a lot of great relationships there, then I don't do that either. But what happens if my spiritual relationship's going uh, uh, not well, and it happens from time to time, right? but there's lots of cool people at church that I really like spending time with, then I'll go and get under the sound of the Word of God, which will improve this, yeah? And so what I want us to do is to work on that together. 
Because I think COVID's drifted us apart and I think we need to build a, a family and a community atmosphere a bit more together uh, as the people of God. And so I want to encourage opportunities to do that. One of the most simple ways we're going to do that is through August, we're going to ask you to update your details in the directory. Um, and I'm going to show you how to access the directory uh, online, which is the way that we've, we're doing it these days. That will just help us to connect in a very simple way, uh, in ways that we haven't seen before. But we want to give you opportunities to do that. Things like the Jazz Night did help in that regard, but we want to give you more opportunities to do that. We want to put it in your mind to create those opportunities as well. I hope you can see the logic of all that, and that makes sense when I explain it. Uh, next one is share Christ with the lost of our community. We want to create more front doors for connection. Uh, through uh, working on this uh, moving in ministry still, uh, community events, so we've started to do a few of those to connect with our church family. Uh, a team to uh, implement parent engagement in the Kids Own Holiday Club. That was good, although we got blown out by COVID a little bit, as I've mentioned, uh, but we started work there, which was good. Uh, we want to train you in the second half of the year to invite friends with Christmas in mind uh, to, uh, to events and church services. Uh, and then, as you've seen, the, the tokens to uh, focus us on evangelism up the back there as well. We want to continue to do that. And we've been praying for those people in prayer breakfast and in other things. And we want to continue to pray for those people as well. Now, there's lots of things there. A lot of this will be in the uh, email tomorrow morning as well. But I want to show you that our church has been uh, doing some very encouraging things in the first six months. And we've got a way to go, but we've got some encouraging things coming up in the next six months as well. Let me just summarise with one last slide. And then I'll be, I'll be done. There's a couple of things we want to work on that were in the list and some not in the list. The Press On Mental Health course, I've already talked about that. And I want to uh, encourage you to be a part of it and uh, certainly pray for it. The Wollongong Bike Race is a thing that's uh, coming up. You might have heard about it. It's uh, going to be taking place in late September for us at least in, uh, in this area. Uh, and there'll be people from all around the world in our area. And we want to encourage you to uh, be involved in an evangelism team in that area at that pl- place of time. Uh, and so if you're interested in doing that, come and let us know. We'd love to talk to you about that. Uh, and to put both of those things, the Press On Course and the Wollongong Bike Race, and, and kind of filter those things into exploring Christianity for the locals who are around as well. And so we want to talk some more about that. The Togetherness Project is what I was talking about. We want to encourage you to, to have deep friendships inside this church service as well. Uh, that'll include some admin to get that going, a calendar uh, and, uh, and some opportunities for friendships and particularly uh, that will help us to follow up drifters as well, uh, if that's the case. A Ken at Home service, uh, we uh, serve the nursing home at Ken at Home. We're able to do that again, if that's something you're interested in being involved with. We're able to do that, which is fantastic. We want to encourage you to get involved in the music uh, ministry as well by recommending songs. If you've got songs you'd like to recommend, there's a song application form that'll be in the church email tomorrow morning. You can apply to have a song included, the team will, uh, will uh, assess that and get back to you on that. And then one last thing I want to share with you, or I don't want to share with you, Ella wants to share with you about women's ministry, and that's me done. Thanks, Ella. Um, so as somebody who's uh, employed at this church to oversee women's ministry, uh, it might not surprise you that it's something that I'm passionate about, uh, is thinking about ways in which I can get... Uh, the Word of God into women's hearts and minds and hands. Uh, and so I have been, um, for the last couple of years, thinking and um planning for how to do that in uh, different ways and more effective ways. One of the ways uh, that 
has already been mentioned uh, is with the Wollongong Women's Conference. Um, I've actually been really privileged to uh, be invited to be a part of the committee that's overseeing that. So I'm particularly passionate about inviting uh, the women of our church to attend that. That's on August the 20th. Uh, and it will go from 9.30 until 3.30. So put that in your calendars. Uh, but I'm going to invite Kylie Williams to come up and um, talk about something else that I've had uh, in the works. I'm just going to turn that on. I think that's on. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so as Steve has said, um, one of the things that delights us as ministry staff is when we have ideas and then we invite people to be a part of it. And I'm not sure whether or not Kylie's super excited about it, but I'm excited that Kylie's going to be a part of it. Uh, do you want to share with people what I've asked you to do? Yeah, so Ella uh, came up to me um, nearly not, a couple of months ago. Yeah, not that long ago. Uh, and, and said, uh, look, I've been having this thought about an opportunity to be able to have women uh, teach women in the church uh, using Tuesday nights at uh, the end of the term. Uh, and I thought, that sounds like a great idea. And she said, and I'd love you to be a part of that and be one of the speakers. And I thought, that sounds like a terrifying idea. <laughs> uh, so an excellent idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I said, um, uh, look, in principle, I guess, let me think about it. Let me go away and pray about it. Um, and if I'm not kept awake this week with sleepless nights, you know, feeling completely terrified about it, then, um, you know... Assume that everything's okay if I don't get back to you. And so. And hooray, yeah. God blessed her with delightful sleep all week. <laughs> <laughs> there were no late nights. <laughs> and, and also knowing that uh, Kel is going to be a part of that as well. So there's the three of us uh, yeah. doing this together as a team, which is always you know, good to be working as part of a team. Yeah, so at the end of the term, uh, on Tuesday night, so the last two nights of this school term plus one Tuesday night of the school holidays, three nights, uh, we will have in the church building um, myself, Kylie and Kel preaching on James. Uh, And so we want to invite you to come along to that. We'll have tea and coffee um, beforehand and then an opportunity to hear God's word taught uh, and then hopefully some discussion groups afterwards. So similar to a Bible study, but with a bit more sound teaching, uh, um, yeah, from the three of us. Um, Yeah, so that's something else to put into your calendars. Is there anything that you have um, that has struck you from James, this is putting you totally on the spot, (laughs) that you can kind of offer as something that might be an enticing thing for people to be hearing from God's word. Oh, look, chapter three starts off with don't presume to be a teacher. (laughs) 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 Which I'm like, I get to start doing chapter one. And so I've just this week sat down and started to look at chapter one and then look at the whole book together and seeing the themes that are coming out. Um, I guess one thing that struck me as I started reading it was he just jumped straight in. There's none of this Pauline like, hi guys, how are you going? It's really wonderful seeing how you're all going. He just starts with, uh, consider it pure joy to go through trials. And I was like, what? And I was talking to somebody yesterday who's going through trials and I thought, how would she react if I just went, yeah, but consider it pure joy to be going through this trial. So this is where I've started. I'm really at the early stages. Thankfully, I've got a term yet to go and we've got a few meetings yet to go as well. I'm looking forward to it, um, but like you know, everybody that has been preaching in the in the Ten Commandments has said, you know, it holds a mirror up, and I'm sure it's going to be holding up a really bright mirror, you know. Um, but I think it's a real. I, I like the opportunities when I get to dig deep into God's word because as much as it holds a mirror up to me, I think it's a real opportunity for me to learn and grow too. So. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So thank you for the opportunity, yeah. Ella. You're very welcome. <laughs> Excellent. Anyway, um, so those are two things to put in your calendar. August the 20th for the Wollongong Women's Conference uh, and the uh, Tuesday nights, the last Tuesday, two Tuesday nights of term plus one of the school holidays. But there'll be more information about that later on in the term. Uh, I'm going to invite Lee to come up and pray for us.